one of the biggest challenges, pain points that any business owner has, they're gonna have all the time is marketing and attraction and getting more new people in the doors. And you know, this is always a challenge, always an issue, always something that's important. So we're gonna help you today. Hello and welcome to the Remarkable CEO Podcast, a show dedicated to chiropractors who want to transform their job into a business so that they can have a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. With your hosts, Dr. Pete Camiolo and Dr. Stephen Franson. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. I'm Dr. Pete Camiolo. And I'm Dr. Stephen Franson. And we're excited to join you here today. Can you believe we're in the 2020s? What an amazing time. I don't know about y'all, but we have been just anticipating getting into the 2020s. We're now here. Hopefully you've got an awesome start to your year in your January. Doc Steven, I know you've had a chance to, I think, even hit the slopes this year. He's wearing his, he's got his beanie on, his ski hat, his remarkable ski hat. What, what's, uh, what's that all about? Uh, yeah, man, I'm still cold. <laughs> <laughs> I am, uh, I'm here in New Hampshire and it is January 2020 and, uh, and I'm still cold from New Year's Eve. We had, this, we had a great ski trip for, uh, with the whole family, met up with another uh, couple of families. I think we had a total of like 20, 22 or 24 kids uh, between the ages of 18 and eight years old. Uh, it felt like your house beat. Uh, and uh, we were at the ski house. It was, it's right on the lake. Uh, we were going to ski the next day. Um, we were there celebrating New Year's. And uh, there's a tradition uh, that we jump into the lake at midnight. So uh, barefooted, you know, some people in boardy shorts, no shirts, whatever. It was 20 something degrees out, 25, 26 degrees out or whatever. And uh, yeah, we just ran through the snow, ran out on the dock all the way out to the end of the dock. And everybody's just jumping in the water and we swam ashore. Uh, man, what an awesome way to just charge the body and get, get everybody get ready for uh <laughs> for the new year. And uh, of course, the dads had to play lifeguard. So we we're in the little water a little longer than we wanted to be. But man, what a, what a way to kickstart the year. And everybody poured into the sauna. Uh, we had a blast. This is a great kick. Man, the year. I love it. That's so cool, man. It's, it's interesting, but uh, that is a great way to shock your body. There's so many health benefits to that as well. But man, what a way to, what a ring in the new year. And you know what? It's interesting that you, you bring that up. My, my family and I, my kids, We've been doing a, not as cold of water on as cold of days, it's, I don't think, but we've been making that a ritual as much as possible. And there's just something really exhilarating about that. That's a, an episode for another day to talk about the health benefits of uh, the ice bath. But um, I'll tell you, Absolutely. a lot of times coming into New Year can feel like a shock to a lot of people, a lot of CEOs. And we just, we just want to make sure that that doesn't happen to you this year, that as you, you have crossed into the 2020s, which it's a new year, you're in January, February, the time of year you're probably listening to this episode. If you're catching this later on in the year, it always applies. What we're going to talk about today in our episode is just so powerful. We're talking about a concept that you don't get what you want, you get what you measure. And obviously, if you saw the title right before you clicked on the podcast, so you know that that's what we're going to get into. So we're going to dive into this. This is, this is a, such an important subject matter because uh, you're going to share with us kind of where this even concept birthed from. But I'm going to say this right now to you as a listener. We've got a tool for you that we're going to give you at the end of this episode that I'm just really excited about. It's, it's a form that's going to help you troubleshoot how to run a more remarkable practice. It's such a, an amazing gift. I just wanted you to know that today. We do have a, a giveaway for you. Uh, it's been a minute since we gave you guys something. We want to give you a gift starting here. But Dr. Steven, let's talk about, you know, talking about this idea that you don't get what you want, you get what you measure. Where did this come from? 
Yeah, Dr. Pete, it comes, you know, it's from the spirit of like what you focus on grows, right? So uh, what we teach on the six sides of the Rubik's Cube is the energy component, right? So what you focus on grows. And it, it actually, it came out of the very first content that I ever released to the chiropractic profession, probably like eight years ago. I had a blog that I was posting every week. Uh, essentially, what was coming out of my trainings is, you know, we've talked about before, I've I, you know, I had the privilege of of having thirty nine associate doctors that I've ra- that I raised in the practice, and uh, there were lessons that came out of that for sure that have actually filled a book or two. Uh, and uh, one of those was, you don't get what you want, you get what you measure, right? So there's a whole series that I wrote. The first, I think, five, six, seven blog posts that I wrote for my blog was, you don't get what you want, you get what you measure. And then I also did, you don't get what you want, you get what you reward. And you don't get what you want, you get what you model. And you don't get what you want, you get what you tolerate, right? So there's this whole, you don't get what you want series. I love the concept of you don't get what you want, you get what you measure. I thought it was a great way to have this conversation around the metrics of the practice, attraction, conversion, retention, and collections. Yeah, this is such an important subject because this is not necessarily sexy to talk about when we talk about our metrics. But when push comes to shove, when you think about your business, it all boils down to the numbers, right? You got to know your numbers if you're going to know your business. And you either are going to own your business or your business is going to own you. And it really boils down to your knowledge, your understanding of your business. And this is all what the metrics do. They give you knowledge. They give you insight so that you can have wisdom in making decisions, better decisions moving forward. As a business owner, you're constantly making decisions. And a lot of people's lives hinge on your decisions as a CEO of your business. And so it's very important, number one, that we have metrics. We've talked about this in some of the previous episodes as well. Even when we talked about the, the goal setting for even this year, you couldn't successfully goal set for this year had you not assessed last year and the year before. What were you assessing? You were assessing metrics, right? You were assessing these things. So we've talked about that. So we want to double click and double click deeper into the domains of your practice, which we know there are there you'll have attraction, you have conversion, you have retention, and you have your team. We're gonna do attraction today. We're gonna dive into the attraction. You know, Dr. Steven, you you and I both know this, but one of the biggest challenges, pain points that any business owner has they're gonna have all the time is marketing and attraction and getting more new people in the doors. And you know, this is always a challenge, always an issue, always something that's important. So we're going to help you today. If you've been wanting to upgrade your, your marketing and upgrade your attraction factor and, and have your business become more of an attraction machine and more remarkable attraction in your business moving forward, this is going to help you because this is about stewardship. It's about ownership. It's about leadership. And this is going to help you win in this area. Yeah, Dr. Pete, and and for just a moment of transparency here, I was like, I think I probably have a reputation as the systems guy and as, you know, the numbers guy, the metrics guy, the vital signs guy, all that. And just like, oh yeah, Franson loves stats, he loves metrics, he loves Excel spreadsheets. The truth is it is not right. <laughs> uh, so I personally I'm I'm like allergic to Excel spreadsheets. Um I, I, I that's not my thing. I hate pouring over reports and stats and numbers and metrics. I always did. Um, but the only thing I hate more than that is not knowing my business, right? So not knowing my practice and being a good steward, right? So Laura Dominion says you're going to be blessed categorically where you demonstrate the capacity to manage well the things that you've been trusted with. Now, you know, the best way to see that hit the ground is tracking your statistics. So you actually recognize that these numbers, these represent human beings, they represent families, right? So are you telling yourself stories? 
or are you tracking your statistics? Those are the, those are the only two choices you have. It's table stakes to be an effective CEO that you have to know your metrics of your business. Now, you don't have to be the person that creates those metrics, tracks those metrics, creates those reports, et cetera. In fact, you shouldn't be. All of that information should be flowing to you as a CEO, right? So you should be getting all that information prepared for you, right? But you as the CEO, you have to tell your team what metrics you need. And that's what we're going to talk about on this series right now is like, what numbers does a CEO need to be able to look at? And we've got to be able to look at it on a regular basis. Has to be able to flow to us. They have to be easily accessible. We can't have to go looking for them. All that information, all those reports come to you. And you can be constantly taking a look at your practice. Not that you're just focused on numbers. We're focused on purpose, mission, people, but you have to have the data. So making sure that you're having these reports prepared for you, they're flowing to you so you can make informed decisions. Like as a CEO, we always say it should be one part gut, two parts data, right? So when you're making decisions for your business, they're informed decisions. Yeah, you said so many important things. And hopefully as a listener, you're hearing this and it, it's a, it could be a very sobering conversation and it should be because the reality is, is that as a CEO of your business, this does fall as, as your responsibility as far as setting the, the metrics. And then one of the things, Doc, you said was it's the information that's flowing to you, which means you, you actually have systems in place. You've got people. There's, there's a whole process that, that enables this to happen and happen really well. And what I find is if you have a breakdown in any part of that process, it doesn't happen, meaning you don't get the information. There's not follow-up, follow-through. All of a sudden, we get halfway through 2020 and we look back and be like, what's going on? And you're kind of kicking yourself. You're frustrated because, again, all of this matters, every set part of the process. If we have said it's vision and you have leadership, you have systems, you have your team, you have your trainings, you have your end, right? You have all of these elements in place. Everything is there for a reason. And so we're going to look at attraction. But what I want to talk about is, the difference between a lag measure and a a leading measure. So you've got your lag indicators or your lag measures, and then you've got your leading ones, and they're they're totally different. And and so we want to make sure that you've got clarity on those that terminology as we begin this conversation, because technically after this conversation, you should be able to write stuff down on paper and it it, it, like make a lot more sense for your team for yourself. Um, So let's let's dive into that. So a lag measure that is the that's the target. That's the goal. That's the that's what you're aiming towards, right? So that's the main, this is where we're going to end up, right? So we're going to end up with this many new patients for the year. We're going to end up with this collections for the month. We're going to end up, right? So we set a, a lag measure. So that's where we're headed. That's the destination. And that's where we want to end up. The leading measure, those are the things that are going to drive you to achieving that lag measure. So that's, those are the things that if you categorically quantify them over time, would equal equate to the lag measure for that category. So we're going to dive into lag and lead measures for one part of your business. And we're only going to cover a few for attraction. So thinking about the attraction part of your company, of your business right now, if you broke your business down into categorically, we have attraction, we have conversion, we have retention, we have our team, and all that boils down to collections. Let's focus on attraction here today. When I look at the the lag measurement versus the leading measurement and the difference between those, you've heard me say before that the managing a practice well is like good driving, right? So leading the practice well is like good driving. You're looking in three places. You're looking out the windshield, you're looking at your rearview mirror, and you're looking at your dashboard, right? So you're looking out your windshield. That's like what's coming ahead. What's the future pacing of it? The looking in the rearview mirror is the side view mirrors in the rearview mirror. You're looking at what's in the past. And the dashboard is sort of your real-time measurements, right? So I like to think of the 
lagging measures as what's in the rearview mirror. This, these are the things that, you know, we, these things have already happened. And people think of them as like, okay, so that's where we, those are the numbers we want to land on. But at the end of the day, those are the things that have already happened when you're measuring those things versus looking out the windshield at the leading measurements. Those are the things that are future casting, right? Those are, these are the things that are going to be upcoming, right? So think about, think about it as rear view mirror versus um, out the windshield, if you will. So let's talk about rear view mirror f- stuff first. Like looking back at last week, last month, last quarter, last year, let's look at some of the lagging measurements that, that are most common, I think, with when we talk about marketing and attraction. Remember, the purpose of marketing or the purpose of attraction is to create new patient leads. That's, the per- that's what we're doing, right? So when we're talking about new patients, what we're really talking about is new patient leads, right? So after conversion, they actually are a new patient, right? So this is a new patient lead that we're talking about. So the major topic is, to- or the major metric or KPI here, key performance indicator is total number of new patient leads. That would be an aggregate uh, number. So that's probably your biggest number. Then you can break those down and let's keep it simple. I think of it as internal, external, and digital leads, right? So you have internal marketing leads, external marketing leads, and digital marketing leads, right? So from your internal activities, where are your referrals coming from? Okay, so there's essentially three types of referrals, internal referrals. You've got organic referrals, you've got your process-driven referrals, and you've got your initiative-driven referrals, right? So campaign-driven referrals. So if you have, if you look at organic referrals, organic referrals, those are just happy people send more happy people, right? So that's the organic. Those are the ones that are just happening because people are happy. The second one is process-driven referrals. These are far more intentional. Process-driven referrals are those that you can say, because I have a system in place, because I have a patient conversion process in place, because I have a patient retention process in place. In other words, because I have a patient education process in place, throughout this process, if a person goes through our process, there are steps in the process. There are mechanisms built into the process that will provoke referral, right? So I know that if you got a new patient phone call, the first thing we ask is, is this appointment for you or for your entire family? That's a script. That's a mechanism. That's a asking for referral right there, right? So I know that if you've gone through our new patient process, we've invited your spouse or significant other to the report of findings to come to the Better Results Faster Workshop, et cetera, throughout our process at the progress exam, progress report on the questionnaires, there are questions that provoke you to refer, right? Those are process driven referrals. So those would be considered internal. And then the third uh, subcategory of internal referrals would be initiative or campaign driven referrals. This is if you're running things like the body signals program, or you're doing a patient appreciation initiative, or you're doing some type of seasonal thing like a Valentine's Day or something like that, or a ladies night out, etc. There's some campaign that you're doing that's a reflection of what's going on in your marketing calendar. That would be considered internal marketing from an initiative, right? So we want to be tracking internal, external, and digital. External new patient leads would be coming from everything that happens outside of your practice that's not done online. In other words, the things that are done offline. So this is things like your networking, paraprofessional networking, outside talks, spinal screenings, corporate wellness programs. This is your billboards, traditional media like newspaper, et cetera. This is all external activity that you do that generates new patient leads. And then the third and final component of this would be digital marketing, everything that's done online, right? So this is everything from your website and SEO optimization, Google AdWords, social media strategy, Facebook, Facebook ads, YouTube, LinkedIn, et cetera. So Dr. Pete, these should be viewed as 
three tributaries of new patient leads that you're tracking. And you should be able to speak intelligently around what are our objectives? What are our goals? In other words, what are we trying to accomplish in each of these three categories of subcategories to achieve our total goal for aggregate number of new patient leads per month, per week, per quarter, per year, what have you? Yeah, this is so good. So just to continue this beautiful conversation, which this is so powerful. So doc, if your goal this year, because I'll ask this question to clients that I get to work with, you know, it's one of the things we do is we track stats. We, we do a lot of that as part of our accountability with coaching is if I say, Hey, well, what's your goal for this year? As far as new patients, you say, well, my goal last year, we had 200 new patients. Let's just go. So I say, great. So what's your goal this year? Well, my goal this year is 250. Cool. So what you would have to tell me is categorically, how would that happen? How did the 200 happen? Okay, cool. Do you actually know how it happened? The second one would be, then how would you actually increase by a, another 50, which is like, what is that? Like almost like 20% more. Like how would you increase that number of new patients next year? What are going to be the things you're going to continue to do? What are the things you're going to add right to that? And that's where this becomes. So you have the number, let's say 250, we're going to get 250 new ones this year. Cool. So that's the number of people that are going to show up to your office. Well, how many people would you have to actually connect with to get 250 people show up to your office? Do you know the number of leads that it takes to got, get 200? So you had how many leads last year in the hopper that actually led to 200 people actually showing up? Do you know that number? What was the difference? Do you know how to, to narrow down that gap? What were the things that you did to, that have worked in the past that have helped? And what can you continue to do? What can you do better? Right. So this is where the leading indicators come in because these are affecting the behaviors that are going to drive that, that outcome shift. And you say, well, we went from 200 new patients for the year to 250 new patients. And we categorically on the internal side of things, we recognized that we were not doing a good job of getting spouses to come to the report of findings. We found in 2020 that when we simply asked, like Dr. Franson said, the spouse to come to doctor's report or to the report of findings, whatever you, 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 you call your, you know, that visit in your clinic, that when we did that categorically, we had an increase, an uptick of family members, you know, getting checked and families getting started. Couples coming in together, getting chiropractic. Next thing you know, they're bringing in one of their kids to so the, the spouse who was there, didn't get started, but they thought of one of their kids, got their kids started because they felt convicted about that. All of a sudden, what happened? Your one new patient who was coming in for the report of findings became a family of three. How did that happen? Well, we simply put it into our process. We're inviting to the report of findings systematically. We look at the paperwork that says they're married. We have a standard procedure. We invite your spouse to come with you to your report of findings. We highly encourage it. Some people require it. Whatever the level is that you want to commit to, what did that do? So now I can track. I can say, well, how many spouses have we invited to doctor for? Well, let's go back through our new patients for the month. How many people that came in that were married did we? invite each one of them to the doctor for a week or to the report of findings. We can actually measure that. So we can say, if we invite out of 20 new patients for the month, 16 of them were married. And out of the 16 that were married, eight of them brought spouses to the doctor's report, report of findings. Out of those eight that came, four actually took us up on the offer to get checked. And three actually got started and two brought their whole family in. Wow. So what have I just done? I've taken 20 new patients, 16 with spouses, eight showed up, four took us up on the commitment, Three actually got started and two of them brought their whole family in. What did I just do? I just did a multiple of my office growth. How did I do it? Through one very simple system. I simply invited the spouse 
or made it a process that part of our process to invite them. That's a leading activity. That's a leading activity that drives towards the lagging. The, the goal that we have for the year, the 250, where I didn't actually have to work necessarily any harder. I just had to be smarter about what I was doing. So a lot of this boils down to us really knowing our business, knowing what drives the outcomes, but it doesn't happen if we don't start with setting the, the metric. What's the goal? What do we want to accomplish categorically? So we looked at, that was just one example that I would use in my, in my experience, in my clinic, of a internal process-driven activity leading towards the outcome that we wanted to achieve, right? So that's just one example. And, and so there's, there's more of them. I can give you another example. Another one would be, uh, and this is the workshops. If you do workshops in your office, you know, we do workshops, you know, whether you're doing the body signals program, which by the way, if you, you haven't heard of that or you're not engaged with that, it's one of the most powerful kind of done for you, pretty much done for you systems that's out there. I wish I had known about that before. Uh, cause anyway, I'm not going to get into putting together workshops every month, but the workshop model is what another one that we built into, and you can build this into your culture, into your processes, that everyone that comes into your office gets informed and invited to the next workshops. They get invited to a better results, faster workshop. Right as soon as they get started under care, they've signed up. You immediately say, you know what? Do you want to get the best results the fastest? Who doesn't want that? So they come to the better results faster. Workshop, they bring their spouse. They bring a friend right to that workshop. And what have you just done? You've just increased the number of exposure that non-clients are going to have to you, which is a lead to you in a very warm environment. It's super warm. I mean, it's, it's a really just a beautiful place with no stress, no strings, just inviting people. In, and it, it's their opportunity to take the next step and respond. And you give them an opportunity to respond. It's a simple way to do it. We also integrate another model where you can invite them to, let's say, a dinner program. If you want to do a dinner workshop, if you want to keep it more straight chiropractic and you want to do a dinner workshop, uh, you can turn your dinner workshop into a results uh, in store, into a themed workshop as well if you want to go that path. I mean, there's so many creative ways that you can do this, but what am I simply doing? I have a process in place that every new person that comes into our office who gets started with care is invited to bring someone that they care about and they love. And we have a whole process that goes through it and scripting to the workshop. That's it. It's very simple. We can track it. In our travel card, I can see this person started this day. This is the day they were invited to this workshop. They showed up to the workshop. They did or didn't show up to the workshop. They brought somebody to the workshop. Right? We can check. And guess when I follow up with that? At the first reevaluation. I re-report number one, right? So at, at 12 visits in, a month under care, boom, we're already talking about the, there's what we would call, we had as their score, uh, it was their report card. We had a report card. Every patient had a report card. And I would just, great, you know, and so we had an ability to report, you know, here's where they're at. So I'm accountable to tracking it. My team is accountable to tracking it. The team, each one of them has a specific part of this process. The doctors have a part in the process and the patient has a part of the process. Guess what? Everybody's responsible. Expectations and agreements. So just examples of ways that you can start to create and put leading measures into your attraction part of your practice. Dr. Pete, let me just jump in there because I don't want them to miss something you just said there because you, you said it quickly, um, but it's deep and rich. So the expectations and agreements piece of this, remember, you don't get what you want, you get what you measure. Okay. So if you guys remember, think back to a few episodes ago when we talked about the importance of the scorecards. And as a CEO, you have scorecards for everybody on your team. Why do you have the scorecards? So that you give them 
focus points. What This is what I want you to be focusing on now. Here are your five metrics. Here are your five numbers you're accountable to. Everybody's responsible. One person's accountable. Here's your metric. I want you to focus on this one thing. I want you to move this one number. Now, listen to what Dr. P just said there. So we figured out that if people brought their spouse to the workshop, that spouse would very often become a patient, right? So, okay, how about we measure the percentages of of new patients that bring their spouse to the workshop? That's a KPI. That's a key performance indicator that leads to the outcome we're trying to accomplish. You don't get what you want. You get what you measure. What do we want? We want more new patients. We measure the percentage of people that bring their spouse or their significant other to the report. What else do we measure there? We don't get what you, you don't get what you want. You get what you measure. We want more new patients. Okay, we figured out that if people bring a guest with them to the Better Results Faster Workshop or the New Patient Orientation, that person very often becomes a patient. In fact, their families very often become patients. Well, that's what we want. So let's measure it, right? So it's like, what percentage of people bring a guest to the workshop? That's a KPI for your team member. You might say to your checkout CA, "Hey, listen, you're going to be the person scheduling people for the New Patient Orientation. Your one of your KPIs is going to be." percentage of people that attend the workshop, and by the way, that should be 100%, your second KPI be percentage of people that bring a guest with them to the workshop. There's a second KPI there for them, right? You don't get what you want, you get what you measure. That's the activity that drives the outcome that you're trying to accomplish. Remember, you can't get your teams to do outcomes, you get your teams to do activities, right? So Dr. Pete, this just brings us to like this great place of troubleshooting. It's like when you're looking at metrics, and you say, well, we're either hitting our goals or we're not. If there's something that's underperforming, we've got to be able to troubleshoot it. Yeah. And so with that, you know, I said at the beginning of the episode of this show that, you know, we we're going to give you a troubleshooting form. I want to explain it. We want to explain a little bit how to use it, but we're going to let you know you can get it. So you, this is where, you know, you can go to remarkablepractice.com forward slash podcast. So the remarkablepractice.com forward slash podcast, you can get the troubleshooting form there. It's a PDF. You can download it, print it off, and use it. It should be something you use in your office from this point forward. It'd be the, one of the wisest things you could do this year is start troubleshooting, but actually use a form. We've created it because we've troubleshooted to get to the point of the troubleshooting form, right? The troubleshooting form came out of troubleshooting. So take advantage of the form. I'm just going to say that. But So when we troubleshoot, really what we're doing is we're asking ourselves the question, why, Right. We're saying, why is this happening or why is this not happening? More often than not, we're troubleshooting because it's not, right? So why is this not happening? And we troubleshoot through, through what? Y'all know this, through it's solving the business Lens puzzle. of the Rubik's The cube. puzzle is a six-sided Rubik's Cube, right? We solve it through the six sides of the Rubik's Cube. You guys are going to get this from us. So where do we start? We start with vision. All right. So I'm a car guy. Uh, love cars. Uh, I love sports cars. I love performance. And when you look at a, the, I like in a great metaphor to a practice is a practice is like a car's engine, right? So an engine has a certain capacity for output. In other words, it'll produce a certain amount of horsepower. That's its potential, right? So engines get rated. Uh, Dr. Pete, let's pick a random uh, engine. Let's call it, maybe it's the Target 4 GTS, a Porsche 911 Target 4 GTS. Just so I'll pull that one out of the air, right? So yeah. uh, let's say let's say you've got a 485 horsepower rated engine, right? So that means that if you put it on a machine called a dynamometer, they can measure it and say that's the amount of horsepower that this has the potential to put on the ground, right? So that's the rating for that engine. 
I look at every chiropractic office and every business, frankly, like it's an engine that has a certain potential for production. It's going to be able to produce a certain amount of horsepower. Well, when you measure any car, any engine, chances are it's not going to actually produce exactly what it's rated at. And there's something that's interfering with the production of it, right? It's not broken, just as some resistance. And usually the key is, is it's not one thing. It's usually multiple things, right? And they call it tuning, right? So you you listen to an engine, you listen for squeals, you smell things burning, you 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 measure charges, uh, you measure exhaust output, et cetera. So there's different things that you're measuring. You might feel a rumble or a vibration, right? So there might be heat buildup. There's different things that rob horsepower. Same things happening in your practice and in your business. And you've got to learn how to troubleshoot that engine of your practice. You need to listen smell it, look at it, put your hands on it, right? And you want to tune it. You want to find there's a little tweak here, a little tweak there, right? And you got to change things here and there. So that's the troubleshooting process for an engine. Same thing's true for a practice, for a business. So this form will guide you through that. And the form, of course, is taking a look at your practice and troubleshooting your practice through the lens of the Rubik's Cube, the six sides of the Rubik's Cube. So that being said, so we're talking about attraction right now. So if, if you're looking at your practices attraction, the ability to generate leads from marketing. And you say, you know what, we're measuring internal, external, and digital marketing. Let's say that your internal marketing, for whatever reason, is underperforming. You set goals and it's underperforming or the numbers are trending downward or what have you. You want to troubleshoot it. You want to figure out exactly why is it trending downward? What's not working here, right? So you don't want to just do what most owner operators would do, which is just push harder, work more try harder, work longer, add hours. Let's throw people and money at it. That's what owner operators do. Well, you're a CEO and that's not what CEOs do. We troubleshoot it and we come up with answers and we say, okay, so why is this underperforming? Let's troubleshoot it. So first thing we want to do is say, okay, so when it comes to our internal marketing, is this a vision issue? Okay. So remember vision's first side of the Rubik's cube. What does success look like? Does my team not know what success looks like here? Okay. So the question is, is does my team not know what success looks like when we say our internal marketing plan and strategy? Yes or no. If the answer is no, we know exactly what success looks like in internal marketing in our practice. We have total clarity there, doc. Well, maybe it's the second side of the Rubik's Cube, which is leadership. Do I have the wrong person in charge of this? Because one of the most important things you're going to do is delegate, right? You want to make sure who on my team has leadership and in the internal marketing, who runs the internal marketing plan, internal marketing calendar. Do I have the wrong person doing that? No, no, we've got the right person doing that. Okay, let's move on to systems. Do we have a system in place for internal marketing? Do we have an internal marketing plan? Do we have our internal marketing calendar? Is it systematized? And are we executing against the system like a body signals program, for example? It's just implementing the system. No, we got it. We're dialed in, doc. It's not a systems problem. It's like, okay, so is it a people problem? Are we understaffed? Are we undermanned? Do we not have the manpower, the horsepower to execute this? No, no, no. We got all the people we need. Everybody's in the right, you know, butts in the right seats, doing the right work the right way. Okay. Is it a training issue? Well, we have the right system. We have the right people, but they just haven't been trained properly. And there's a gap here in the training. So their heads are right. Their hearts are right, but their hands aren't right yet. They don't have their hands right. They don't have the skills. We haven't trained them. Well, no, actually they're, they're pretty skilled at it. It's like, okay, so let's go to the sixth side of the Rubik's Cube. And of course that's energy, right? So when we look at energy, what we say is, have we not made it important? 
Have we taken our eye off of internal marketing? Have we taken, have we not made and put an emphasis on the importance of generating referrals internally in practice? Because maybe we got overwhelmed or maybe we got distracted by some external activity, or maybe we've leaned in really deeply recently in digital marketing. We've taken our eye off our internal marketing, et cetera. Whatever, for whatever reason, it's an energetic issue and we have to make it important now. We've got to take that plant and push it into the sunlight, right? So that it gets some energy and it grows. Because Dr. Pete, as we started the show talking about, you don't get what you want, you get what you measure, right? And what you focus on grows. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Remember, what the world needs now is chiropractic. And what chiropractic needs now is more successful chiropractors. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, share with a friend, and leave us a review. And if you'd like to connect with us personally, direct message us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Now go and be remarkable.